basically there are these opportunities for students to create really incredible companies in a in a totally you know way ahead of the starting line of everybody else and so the question for dorm room fund was how do we find those amazing companies and founders before anybody else um and so the insight that josh had was well who knows who's great better than the students on campus right mm-hmm. And so if the folks are smart enough to start these companies, then surely they're smart enough to find them. Hello, everyone. Can you believe we are midway through January already? I feel like it was just yesterday we were ringing in the new year. Anyways, I hope all your New Year's resolutions are coming along well and you're starting off 2024 strong. As always, thank you for listening to the Girls Into VC podcast. Girls Into VC is the first organization dedicated to bringing young women into venture capital. We are forming a pipeline of talented and motivated young women ready to enter the field of venture capital with educational resources and mentorship we provide. My name is Kritika Jain, and I am your podcast host. Today, I am interviewing a very special guest who has greatly added to the diversity of venture capital. But she did not always work in venture capital. In fact, she was a political science major at Yale University and started off her career in politics before pivoting to venture capital. After learning the ropes of venture capital at First Round Capital for a couple of years, she started working on the dorm room fund to harness the unique value of student-run startups and investors. For context, the dorm room fund is the original student venture fund built by students and backed by Midas List winners and some of the best venture capital firms in the country. It helps student founders get all the help they need to take their companies to the next level while helping its student investors become the next generation of venture capitalists. In 2022, the dorm room fund spun off from First Round Capital, given its massive success of helping over 400 undergrad, MBA, master's, and PhD founders grow their companies and raise billions on follow-on capital from some of the biggest names in venture. I'm pleased to welcome Molly Fowler, founding general partner of the Dorm Room Fund. Welcome, Molly. I'm so happy that you are kicking off the second season of our podcast. What a treat to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So just to begin, um, can you walk us through your career path before you came onto the dorm room fund team? Yeah, definitely. I happy to. I think, um, you know, there's this misconception when folks are getting started in this ecosystem that there's a there's one path into venture. And I think um, from you can see all across the industry that there are so many different ways in. Um, I certainly was not one of those people who, you know, growing up, I was like, I want to be a venture capitalist. <laughs> um so, you know, sort of ended up here a little bit by accident, happy accident for sure. But I, as you said earlier, um, you know, I started my career when I first graduated, it was the Great Recession. Um, and so I spent a year or two bopping around some really amazing institutions and sort of learning what it meant to work. But the the place that I landed and really fell in love was with political campaigns. Um, I moved out to California during the 2012 cycle, um, which makes me feel ancient, um, to go and do a couple of local campaigns out there and then ended up working on um, the mayor of LA's race in 2013. And mm-hmm. the reason why I think that, why I, why I talk about that and why it's really influenced me is that I think startups and political campaigns are really, they have the same DNA, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when you think about it, a political campaign is, is you know, you have no team, you have no money, you have a candidate or, or an idea that's your product, right? Mm-hmm. You have to raise all your money, build your team from scratch, figure out who your users are, figure out how to communicate with them, figure out what they care about, right? And then you do all this work and planning for a one day go to market where winner takes all. Mm-hmm. And 
uh, at the time and you do it sort of twice, right? You do it for a, for a primary and then a general. And I just loved that work, right? It was super exciting building something from scratch, you know, getting people involved who were super passionate. And I think that experience, you know, what I didn't know it at the time, but the other place where you can have that opportunity to do that sort of work is really at early stage startups. And so I think what was really exciting to me as I transitioned my career into tech was that it felt the same, um, just with, you know, a different population and, and, um, a lot more resources. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And it, I thought your comparison of politics to startups and work, working in venture capital, that was really interesting. I had never thought about it like that before, but I guess yeah. it just goes to show how transferable the skills you develop are. So that's really totally. Awesome. Yeah. And like, there's lots of different ways to be good at what you're, you know, I think that the trick about being a VC is, is that you want to have an unfair advantage. Right. And so when it comes to, you know, different people have different unfair advantages. Some people who are former founders or they're amazing at marketing or they're incredible technical minds or, you know, and everything you bring to the table that's unique and can be an unfair advantage for you is, is I think something special. And, and, you know, I had the benefit of also working in government and I spent some time at a tech, at a sort of more mature tech company um, and, and sort of saw, you know, what launching new markets look like from the ground up. And having had that experience, I think also makes me a better, a better tool and, and friend and supporter to mm -hmm. early stage startups. Mm -hmm. I guess to follow up on that, and this is a little bit off the script, would you say it's a good idea to maybe find your unfair advantage before you go into venture capital? I think there's a lot of ways to do it, right? I think um, I think for, you know, we see both at Dormant Fund. I mean, having had 360 talented humans go through mm -hmm. our investor program over the last 10 years, I've seen, I've seen these, you know, exceptional human beings take a lot of different paths. I think some have found success going straight into venture capital because they learned the ropes from some of the best funds in the country. Mm -hmm. um, some have gone and become founders, you know, and figured out they wanted to do that long term, right? Some have gone and been operators and then ended up doing venture later on in their career. I think, you know, there's a lot of different ways to do it. There's no no harm in starting young, but I think do, coming to the table with something that you're already really excellent at makes you more valuable to founders, right? And I think in today's market, founders have a lot of choice, right? It's, it's um, there's a lot of capital out there, right? Mm -hmm. And, 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 my money's just as green as anybody else's, right? And so I think the thing that differentiates, you know, part of, I think a lot of people assume that the venture capitalist is the person who makes, you know, who who has all the power, right? But really it's the founder and real the best founders have a lot, a lot of choice. And so the VC's job is to show why they're going to be the best partner to the founder. So the founder chooses them. It's, I think it's a misnomer that it's, it's almost more of a sales job <laughs> you know, oh, okay. than people give it credit for, you know? Mm -hmm. All right. Well, can you share with us um, what inspired you to join the Dorm Room Fund? And along with that, what unique value does having a student-led venture capital fund add to the venture capital space? Totally. I Dorm Room Fund is just so exceptional. And I want to make sure I give credit here. I did not invent this great idea. This mm -hmm. is this was Josh Koppelman and the first round team and Finn Barnes and a bunch of other really talented humans who sat around and said, hey, wait a minute. Uh, you know, when you look at the best tech companies in the last 30 years, mm -hmm. there is a massive overrepresentation of people who started companies on campus, right? There's mm -hmm. the really famous ones like Facebook, right? Mm -hmm. um, or Snapchat. There's the less famous ones, like you bet you don't think of Google as a student-founded company, but it sure is because they were PhDs in a garage, right? Mm -hmm. um, 
I bet, you know, Dropbox doesn't come to mind. I bet FedEx and Yahoo and Dell don't come to mind, right? Mm -hmm. Um, There have just been over and over and over again, these examples of like world-changing successful companies that have come off of university campuses, whether that's PhD, MBA, undergrad. Um, And so, you know, Josh had this really brilliant idea. Like there's all this amazing sort of primordial soup of of talent and opportunity on campus right it's you have super talented people you have access to other friends who can help you you have time you have resources at your disposal you and when there are these giant technological shifts like we've seen over the last you know consistently over the last mm-hmm. 30 years there are these moments when it levels the playing field right and so no longer do you have to be a 10 year expert at you know whatever field it is you know when ai is a baby everybody's figuring out ai right or when crypto is a baby everybody's figuring out crypto or like you know when josh founded his first company when he was a junior at penn the internet was a baby and everybody was figuring out internet right and so basically there are these opportunities for students to create really incredible companies in a, in a totally, you know, way ahead of the starting line of everybody else. And so the question for dorm room fund was how do we find those amazing companies and founders before anybody else? Um, And so the insight that Josh had was, well, who knows who's great better than the students on campus. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if the folks are smart enough to start these companies, then surely they're smart enough to find them. And so his thesis was, Let's run an experiment. Let's teach a few really talented students who are super connected what, you know, the sort of basics of venture capital and let them loose and see what happens. And um, unlike a sort of typical uh, scout program, Josh had the foresight to say, you know, we're going to have this via team model. And he's sort of famously a very... um, principled thinker. And so there's a very principled model that goes behind the way DRF makes decisions. But long story short, half a million bucks and 11 students on Penn and Drexel's campuses turned into a national organization that we are where, where we are today. And um, I joined Dormer Fund back in 2019, um, mm-hmm. when Dormer Fund had been inside of First Round Capital for its first two funds. I joined during the Dormer Fund's second fund. Mm-hmm. Um, and during the third fund, um, we realized that there was a huge amount of opportunity, right? That there was this incredible model that we had discovered where we could find some really amazing companies. You know, we've got five unicorns in our second fund. Um, and, you know, the, the latest ones are up, come, up and coming. Um, and so the question became, well, if there's all this opportunity that we're not taking advantage of, surely there must be more we can do. And so what we realized was, is that we had opportunities to invest a little bit more that, you know, check sizes had changed since 2012. And so we needed a little, a little bigger fund than we needed before, you know, that we could do more to support our founders. And that by bringing a few more partners around the table, that we could offer a lot more, both to our founders and to the students on the investing team. And so, you know, Josh and I got really excited and saw the opportunity. And so um, we actually spun Dorm Room Fund out in 2021, um, where we're now, you know, fully independent from first round capital. Um, mm-hmm. Though glad to have them as amazing friends and mentors and and investors in our fund. And Bill Trenchard is my personal mentor. He sort of taught me the venture capital game and he sits on my advisory board. So you know, they're definitely still involved. Um, and, you know, I work out of Haley's office in New York a couple of days a week. Um, 
but uh, it's been really incredible to see the, just the the star power that we've been able to bring around the table alongside first round. Um, so we've got folks from, you know, floodgate and we've got folks from um, underscore and we have folks from quiet capital and we have, you know, Villanova's endowment, which is how you and I got connected um, and, you know, institutional investors and um, really amazing, you know, Chris, Chris Dixon and Mark Andreessen are both invested in our funds. So mm-hmm. it's been really cool to see all this firepower that we can bring both for our founders and to the people on the DRF team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to your point about, I guess, like students being so well connected, like I, I can kind of add to that, like firsthand, I've seen like in front of my eyes, like so many students at Villanova, like working on their own startups and like you yeah. just hear about it word of mouth. And I know that like some of these students who like worked in AI and like made their own AI startup, like they've been able to sell it and make yeah. so much. So like imagine if they were connected to this fund, like that would be so beneficial for both parties. So I think totally. that's, a, that's a really neat idea that um, the dorm room fund is executing on and it'll be so exciting to see like as each fund is raised like how many more um, I guess startups grow and into something amazing thank you yeah yeah I mean you, you you hit the nail on the head right the the thesis that we have is that folks like you who are on campus who are eating lunch with people you're in lab with people like you're gonna know who's the most talented engineer who's still building in her room and hasn't told anybody right mm-hmm. and there's an opportunity for for dorm room fund to come in and we're specialists in that zero to one moment, right? We know mm-hmm. all the like boring stuff that you have to do to make a company successful, right? Like mm-hmm. we'll help you get ready for a fundraise. We will help you make sure that you've got the right team around you. You know, we'll help you think about how to make your first hire. There's all sorts of different stuff that we can sort of help. And we're, we, we've certainly invested in quite a few multiple time founders, but, but that's, we really are specialists at that, at that first time mm-hmm. um, thing. And so it's really exciting to help founders navigate this really exciting, amazing world. Mm-hmm, for sure. So how does the dorm fund differ from bigger venture funds? And where would mm-hmm. you say it's positioned in the ecosystem overall? Yeah, so I think um, it's a, a really important question, right? Um, because every every good venture fund should have its own unfair advantage, right? And so for us, um, as I said earlier, I think, you know, our special sauce is that we know the best stuff before anybody else. Right. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that's really special about dorm room fund is that our unfair advantage stays fresh, right? Because we go out and we add, you know, 20 to 30 new, you know, cream of the crop, most incredible, incredibly competitive, um, members of, to our investing team every year. Mm-hmm. Um, we run this national, national search and we bring on just a few, like our, uh, our acceptance rate is lower than Stanford, Harvard, and Yale. Um, but, uh, but because we're consistently refreshing that community, what it means is that like our network never gets stale. Right. Mm -hmm. And that what we've built over the last 10 years is a repeatable, scalable model. Right. Mm -hmm. And obviously like venture is a game of, of outside wins. Right. And so the idea too, is that we have fresh thinkers, right. Who are willing to take big, big swings, um, on new ideas and who know these founders extremely well. Mm-hmm. And the other amazing thing that we've built over the last 10 years is that we now have this incredible network of alumni, right? As I've mm-hmm. said, we just as we add 30, 20 or 30 new people every year, we're graduating 20 or 30 new people every into the venture and, and startup ecosystem uh, every spring. And so those people are founders, they're partners at incredibly successful funds, people mm-hmm. like Talia Goldberg at, you know, Bessemer and, um, 
you know, Lauren Reeder at Sequoia and mm-hmm. Isabel over at, you know, <laughs> like Isabel Phelps over, over at Lair Hippo. And so like the idea is that we've got amazing humans who are out there who can now help the dorm room fund um, investors make great decisions, right? And so as we grow in scale, we grow in our ability to do killer diligence, to build our network out, right? While maintaining the sort of freshness of, of our model. And so I think what we've really built is a really special machine that's very hard to to recreate. The mm-hmm. other thing is that with 10 years under our belt, we've, we've got a pretty good brand, right? And we go out every fall and we reintroduce ourselves to, to our, you know, our core campuses because it's really important for all the new students to get to know us. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I think you experienced at Villanova. Um, we're definitely a name that people know on campus. And so it helps us, it helps us see the best founders out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know in our previous conversation, you mentioned that it can be hard to get established in BC. Mm-hmm. So can you um, share like, how has the Dormant Fund performed in comparison to other well-known BC funds? Yeah, it's, it's a, it's, you and I were talking about this. It's, so dormer fund, the reason why we've been able to continue to be to to be a fund, right, mm-hmm. is that we've got the data to show that the model works, right? Mm-hmm. So our, as I mentioned, our second fund has a bunch of potentially, you know, real performers in it. And so that fund is currently on track to be a, you know, top quartile returning fund. Um, yeah. And so we're, we're extremely proud of that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a, definitely an interesting model that takes a little while to bake, right? Because mm-hmm. we are we are investing so very early. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one thing that's that's really, I think, not talked about enough is that, you know, not everybody is going to have a venture return, their re- venture return that looks like what it's supposed to, right? And so if you can't post, you know, a three or four X mark, you know, return to your investors, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to raise your next fund, right? And right. so um, Dormant Fund is still in the early innings for sure. Um, mm-hmm. But we're starting to see the the success and the signs of success that we need to continue to be an enduring fund for a long time. And, mm-hmm. and you know, that's a, it's a real mark of achievement when you see funds get beyond funds, you know, three or four, because it's showing that they're really putting up, you know, great returns consistently mm-hmm. over and over again, such that they've, they've continued to earn the support of their investors. Because it's, it's, it's for venture funds, it's just the same as for startups, right? Um, we have to go out and raise our fund, just like startups have to raise their rounds, right? And so right. we need to be showing that we've got those metrics to support what we mm-hmm. say we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Well, based on what I've seen, it sounds like you guys are doing amazing things. So wishing you the best of luck with all your future funds. Thank you. Um, now, more on a personal note, um, can you share one of your favorite success stories from the dorm room fund and what you believe helped them make, helped make them successful? <laughs> Yeah, success story from Dormant Fund. There's so many different versions of success at DRF, which is really exciting. I mean, like I think about um, people breaking into venture capital. There's a lot of success stories there. I think um, one of my favorites um, is a member of our team, and he'll forgive me for calling him out, but Jared Barnes. Mm-hmm. Um, Jared came to Dorm Room Fund through um, one of our summer track programs. So we run programs in the summer specifically designed for um, folks who are underrepresented in venture to sort of do a, a on top of internships and, you know, um, that sort of thing. So it's a nights and weekends type thing. Um, but it's the idea that you can break into VC with the help of DRF. And we recognize that, you know, we also have an opportunity there to, to help source some amazing talent for Dormer Fund student partnership. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Jared joined us in our blueprint track, which is for black, Latino and indigenous students. And after a summer with us, he joined our student investing team. He was doing his PhD. Um, and 
after being on the team for a couple of years, he graduated and went on to Emerson, um, you know, to invest in Emerson, which is an incredible fund, um, mm-hmm. and now is doing in his own, you know, some incredible stuff um, in the ecosystem and is teaching at NYU. And oh, it's wow. just, yeah. So, you know, and I think Jared is an example of like, you know, we're, we're very lucky to be able to, to graduate into the ecosystem you know, 30 new highly trained folks every year. Right. Um, And so, you know, it's a, it's a real privilege that we get to, you know, I want to make sure that we're selecting awesome humans um, and, you know, and that they go on to do really cool things. It's a, it's a heady opportunity and responsibility for us. So I think that that's a great example. I think on the founder side, you know, um, one of my favorites is Tony Loco. (laughs) Um, Tony was on the Durham Front team when he was at Penn as an undergrad. Mm-hmm. Um, and he started his company um, while he was there. And I watched it more from a wacky idea into this massive, massive business. And now um, Tony is the CEO and founder of Dandy Dental, um, which is just doing really phenomenally. And we're extremely proud to have backed Tony while he was still figuring it out and had mm-hmm. him on the team. And he continues to be a super involved member of the community um, here at DRF. And we see him, we see him at all. We have a once a year, we we have an offsite where we invite all the current students and alumni to join us. And it's it's a lot of fun. And Tony often comes and talks to the gang. So, Aww. yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that just attests to how great of a pipeline dorm room fund can be as well to get um, students who are underrepresented into these venture capital funds to just totally. landscape more diverse. So that is so awesome to hear about. Um, and that kind of transitions into this next question. Um, I was looking at the Dorm Movement website and I saw that there was a female founder track and I was wondering if you could mm-hmm. talk a little bit about that. Yeah, for sure. So we actually run two programs specifically for female identifying folks in the summer. Um, and then we also have one that all of our, frankly, all of our, of our programs are an opportunity for female um, mm-hmm. folks. So we have four programs as in five, um, as I mentioned. So we've got um, female founder track, which is a program that we run for um, female identifying founders who are pre-seed, right? So basically they're getting to the point where they're getting ready to raise institutional capital. And so what we do is bring in um, some really incredible speakers and partners and mentors from across the ecosystem. So very seasoned founders, very, you know, very seasoned um, investors like Anne Murico came, you know, we've had some really amazing people. Um, And, um, and we sort of help them learn the basics and help them get a leg up so that when they graduate from the program, they're ready to go out and raise institutional capital. And ideally, you know, sometimes Dormer Fund gets to participate too. Um, so that's a really special program we do every summer. We also do a female investor track. So same idea as I mentioned before, we, we want to give folks the basics of venture so that when they go off and apply, you know, whether it's to Dormer Fund or to one of our, you know, there's lots of amazing programs on campus these days. Um, so one of our friends programs, um, you know, that you're coming in with some really excellent training from some of the best VCs in the country, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and um, we also run a blueprint track, which we just talked about. We run PRISM, which is um, similar for, um, for LGBTQ+. Plus community. Um, so that's been really wonderful. Um, and then we also have, um, the PhD track. Um, and so our PhD track is specifically for founders who Mm -hmm. are in their PhD program, who are thinking about building scalable, amazing programs out of the research that they've been doing in their PhD. Very, very cool. And so many different opportunities really awesome. You're pulling from so many different pools. That's great. That's so great to hear. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Lots of opportunity. And I think, you know, we recognize that 
you know, not, I, I speak for myself, right? I had no idea venture existed when I was in college. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I think for some folks, just getting that exposure to the basics can be really game changing. And, you know, these days there's so much great stuff online, right? Like right. Um, you can read, you know, VC blogs and there's awesome podcasts and like there's venture deals and, you know, mm-hmm. um, all that stuff. But it's still really nice to have, you know, a, a mentor, a hands-on training, a cohort of friends that you're learning with. And so mm-hmm. these are programs that we've been running for many years now and we're super proud of and 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 frankly helps us you know sort of do our part in in diversifying venture right you know we have as i mentioned earlier we have this huge opportunity because dorm room fund has become this pathway to venture capital and to founderdom and so we um we think really hard about who we get to put in those seats right um and so making sure that we have you know women people of color you know uh, neurodivergent, like there's lots of really cool stuff that we can do at DRF to, to help, uh, to help the venture ecosystem continue to move in the right direction. Yeah. Um, so now I wanted to kind of pivot and learn a little bit more about your career, um, and journey in venture capital. So can you talk about like, what was the venture capital industry like when you first started, um, working in it? Yeah, so I've only, I still feel like a newcomer. I've been around for about five years now. Um, it'll be five years in February. Wow, that's soon. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I, I'm standing on the shoulders of giants. I think that, you know, when I arrived that it was normal for there to be female VCs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like It's nothing like what, you know, Aileen Lee and Anne Muracle and that crew did where it was mm-hmm. weird for there to be female VCs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, we've got a lot of progress to make, but I'm super excited. And there's a really, there's some really great research coming out about how we can do more and how folks can sort of avoid gender bias when they're evaluating female founders. And so Dana Kahn's out of the London School of Economics, I believe. Um, she did a great study on, you know, how to ask the right the questions in a way that doesn't create, you know, unfair bias. Um, so, you know, and I, I've been really lucky. I've had pretty incredible mentors. Um, you know, when I showed up to first round, I said, Hey, look, I know how to run. Um, I know how to run like big groups of people who are super motivated and, you know, um, much like political campaigns, you know, these sorts of student networks, but I have no idea how venture capital works. And they were like, no problem. We got that part. So, you know, I got trained by Bill Trenchard and my, my partner in crime, Chauncey Hamilton, who's now a partner at XYZ and Ben Schmela, who's an investor at the general partnership. And so, these just really amazing Rob Hayes, who's, who's, you know, was a first time partner, um, Susan line, who's a GP at the, at built by girls ventures. So there's just these amazing people who, who really taught me the ropes. Um, and I've been really lucky that way. And, and I really recommend to anybody who's getting into the venture ecosystem to find yourself a mentor. Um, even if it's somebody who's just like one step ahead of you, you know, for me, I was, running dorm room fund during the day and sitting in on Bill Trenchard's pitches at night, right? Just to see <laughs> how, just to learn from Bill, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, go the extra mile, find someone who's going to let you sort of shadow them and, and you know, sort of ride on their coattails for a little bit. And, you know, the more you, exposure you can get to the greats, you know, the better, the better you, you're doing. So definitely mentorship, mentorship, mentorship is my my advice to folks out there. That's honestly a perfect segue into um, one of my next questions, which was, um, can you share a notable experience you had with your mentor? I know you speak very, very fondly of him. Um, And then like what influence he had on your career and just learning about venture capital. Bill was and continues to be super generous with his time. Um, And I am one of several people who have had the privilege of getting to work alongside Bill. Um, Mm -hmm. 
he continues to serve on my, as I mentioned, my my advisory board for Dorm Room Fund. He really was a, a thought partner when I was spinning DRF out. Um, mm-hmm. He helped me with everything from, you know, how to think about fundraising to, you know, my modeling to, you know, even today when I'm like, have a sticky situation with a founder or, you know, a question I'm like mulling over, I'll give him a call. But mm-hmm. I think really just like, I remember calling him one day and being like, Bill, I, I got to learn this like in practice. And he was like, let's go, you know? And so mm-hmm. he literally just would put me on, you know, obviously with the founders, you know, okay, but would put me on basically all of these calls. Cause at the time he was, you know, it was, it was sort of pandemic time and we were doing stuff on zoom. And so, um, and then he'd call me afterwards and, you know, he'd say, what did you think? And we'd talk through the, you know, the, the company and the founder and the questions that I had and that he had. And so just getting that opportunity to get reps in. And I think, one of the special things about having learned the rope set first round is that it's such a fantastic firm, right? And they have mm-hmm. such an amazing reputation and they're such disciplined, amazing investors. Um, and so I got a chance to see what good looked like, right? I think mm-hmm. for a lot of folks, especially for the students, this is something that I think about a lot. Like how do I help them see what excellent looks like so that there's the, there's the right bar to be mm-hmm. comparing opportunities to. Um, and so I, I feel really privileged to have had that opportunity. Yeah, I mean, everything you said like resonated with me. Um, I like I have a fine uh a mentor in finance as well. Um, and like she's been so amazing. I think it's so important to have like someone a couple levels above you who kind of knows what's out there because when you're first starting off in the industry, like you don't know what you don't know, and yeah. it's very hard to learn. So like I guess someone who has that like insight and like visibility and can kind of guide you like that is so helpful. Oh yeah. And I mean, like I've been so lucky. I mean, another example, it was true starting a fund too, right? Like I'd, I'd never run a fund before. And so I remember my early conversations with Betsy Zimmerman, who runs a fund of funds and um, Susan Line, who runs uh, Built by Girls. I mean, I called Susan and I was like, what the hell is this? And she's like, don't worry, it'll be fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just have been extremely lucky to have people like that. And you're right. You need someone. The other thing that you need is like the phone a friend person, right? Mm-hmm. Where there's like, this is a thing that like, I think I'm doing it right, but I just want to make sure, you know? And so mm-hmm. like, I've, I've got one of my buddies, guys, Tom Sio, who runs his own fund, who's also an emerging manager. He's amazing. Um, and so Tom's my like, am I doing this right? And he's like, yeah, you're good. You know, so <laughs> it's really important to have that too. And, and a cohort of peers, right? It's great. Mm-hmm. It's just like founders need friends who are in the same situation. Mm-hmm. It's really powerful to have um, peers who are going through the similar stuff that you are. And so whether that's, you know, fellow investors at your same level, or, you know, if you're starting out a new fund, other managers, um, it's really helpful to have people to sort of bounce ideas and gut check and complain and celebrate and all that stuff. Yeah, for sure. Like community is so big, regardless of the industry you're in, like just having that community to fall back on for anything you need is it's like reassuring if anything that like you're doing okay you're doing fine like just keep pushing we're all in the same boat so I I totally understand that totally um my last question for you on your personal experience um when you first started in venture capital what was the biggest learning curve for you uh I feel like there's this thing that happens when you first start investing or or learning about investing where at first you every company you see you're like oh my god that's so cool right Mm. (laughs) you're like yeah let's do it and you want to invest in everything and then you go through this cycle where you're like oh I hate everything and you find there's something wrong you can find something wrong with every single pitch Mm. you see right and then you know and then at some point hopefully (laughs) you start to level out but like 
that was really hard, right? And that's that idea of reps. You know, I think if you can get yourself reps sooner rather than later, you can really get a jump ahead. And so I think anything you can do to to recreate that experience is really powerful, right? So like, I know, for example, Bessemer publishes their memos, right? Their investment memos. Go read all of them, right? Like, mm-hmm. just like, you know, and go and look at, you know, who's on product hunt and, you know, do a quick set of investment memos based on that, or, you know, read the sort of, there's a great podcast that does anatomy of a deal. Right. And I'm trying to remember what it's called, but, um, you know, like I remember listening to the one that Anne, who's one of my mentors, um, uh, Anne Mirako did on her investment in Lyft. Right. So like you can go, if you can find that stuff and get more reps in, Mm -hmm. it's so helpful to help you sort of accelerate that curve of like, you know, what does good look like? You know, mm-hmm. are there 87 other versions of this idea out there, mm-hmm. you know, and it saves you some time and some reps in terms of getting to the right diligence questions sooner and faster. Okay. Well, it looks like I have my homework set out for me. <laughs> for sure. For sure. For sure. Our next section. Um, I just wanted to get some advice from you since you've worked on such an amazing fund. I know you've probably met so many great people. What advice do you have for students specifically young women, um, young girls who are eager to break into venture capital? Yeah. So a couple of things. One is, as we talked about, find a mentor. I think number two, do your homework, right? Um, I think, you know, showing up like, you know, what is it like fortune favors a prepared mind or some, Mm -hmm. you know, blah cliche like that, (laughs) but it's true, right? Like if you go, if you go and read, you know, every single VC blog you can get your hands on and you've already read venture deals and you've read, you know, um, secrets of Sandhill road. And you've read the look, I'm like looking at them right now, the power law and, you know, all the stuff on my, on my bookshelf, you know, but if you show up prepared, it makes a huge difference. Number one, because when you get to talk to the greats, you're not wasting their time with like, so how does venture work? Right. And it's, you can get into the stuff that's hard or nitty gritty or interesting or challenging. Um, I think the other thing is um, look for programs. There are a million programs out there. Um, There's good ones. Like there's a ton of good ones. I know um, I found a lot of value for, especially as a, as a woman, um, Transact is an organization that my friend Soraya Darby runs. Um, that's amazing. Um, mm-hmm. And it's an organization for female GPs. Um, obviously, Dormer Fund runs our summer program for female investors. Um, All Raise has really great programming. Um, sometimes a lot of schools will have stuff. You know, mm-hmm. there's just a lot out there because I think there are a lot of people who want to get more women in the ecosystem, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think you know, find those champions, find those mentors, find those programs and, and just show up prepared. All right. Um, and then w- once someone has entered like such a challenging industry, how can they overcome that initial imposter syndrome um, that they feel? Um, because I know it can be very overwhelming and it definitely kind of messes with your thinking. So like, how, how can you kind of come to terms with that? I, I'm, I'm laughing because if you figure it out, let me know. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I talk about this with all of my founders. Um, like I'm a huge fan of a therapist, a coach, mm-hmm. you know, exercise, mindfulness practices. Um, you know, I support groups, you know, I think it's the, 
I think the more support you can get as a person, especially like as you are, you know, for founders who are leading organizations, um, but also for people beginning their careers, you know, it's a huge mm-hmm. life adjustment to go from the academic ecosystem into like the working world, you know, get yourself a support. Um, there's a great, 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 great company called The Grand um, that was started by two friends of mine, Ray Wang and Anita Hussein, both of whom were at First Round Capital. Ray actually ran Dormer Fund before me, oh. um, but they have this amazing coaching platform that's incredible. There's this cool company called Koa that does um, sort of mental health specifically for founders and tech folks. And um, there's just a just a bunch of resources out there. And I highly encourage people to like, if you don't have a therapist, like, why? <laughs> Like if, if you've got health insurance, like even if you don't, there's sliding scales, like go get, go get yourself some mental health support, mm-hmm. even, if, even if you don't think you need it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think Emma, I'm a huge fan, but yeah, I, you know, fake it till you make it, I guess. <laughs> and like I said, have good friends you can call on those days when you're like, what am I doing? Like, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> that's been, that's been Chauncey Hamilton for me. I'm very lucky to have her and, and Ben Schmiller at the GP. Oh, and then just to wrap it up and bring it full circle, how can students who are interested um, apply to the dorm room fund? And do you have any advice um, for them when they're working on their application or like what does the dorm room fund kind of look out for? For sure. Um, I know. So so first of all, absolutely, absolutely come hang out with us. Um, we have so the applications for our summer programs will be opening up in the spring. Um, so keep your eyes peeled on that. Um, if you're not, if you are interested in anything Dormer Fund is up to, the best way to keep in touch with us is to join our, is to sign up for our newsletter. Um, we promise not to spam you. We only send interesting shit and like when, we're, when we have applications open, mm-hmm. um, but that's the best way to make sure you get a jump on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got those summer, summer programs coming up. We will do, um, we will start looking for folks, um, late summer, early fall to join our investment teams. Um, and if you're a founder and you're building, um, give us a holler, like, anytime. Um, there's a bunch of different ways to find DRF where you can apply for funding on our website, Um, You can reach out to any of the student representatives on the, on campus. They're all on our website. Um, that can sometimes be more fun if you're local. Um, and obviously any of our alumni as well. Um, we've got great, great referrals from our alums. Um, so that's, that's that. Um, so this is like the most annoying answer, <laughs> but there's no one candidate that's right for DRF, right? Mm-hmm. When we, when we build a student team, because we have four regional teams across the country, um, one based in the Northeast, one in New York, in the Midwest, one uh, based out of Philly that does our Southeast team. And then we have our West coast team, um, and if, if you're in the middle of the country, don't worry, we've accounted for you and all of those teams, um. <laughs> But uh, basically, when we're building those investing teams, we're making a decision on based on building a great cohort, right? Mm-hmm. Dormer Fund, um, uniquely, unlike most of the scout programs out there, we actually let Dormer Fund students invest, right? Mm-hmm. And the way that we do that is we do it on a cohort basis, right? And so we'll, we vote as a team on whether or not to back a founder. Um, and so on the team, I will always make sure, you know, that we've got some technical folks, some, some, you know, experienced business folks, some people who've worked in tech, some people who have worked in venture before, um, you know, some people who are brand new at a venture, right? Um, we really look for exceptional humans that come in all shapes and sizes. And so I think the number one thing that that I always recommend to folks when they're applying to TRF is like, 
write about what you actually care about, not what you think we want to hear, um, mm-hmm. you know, be authentically yourself, um, because it's so boring to read, you know, like the chat GPT drafted versions of the answers. <laughs> and like, we can always tell, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> um, so like, tell us what you actually care about and don't be boring, you know, like, I'd rather not hear the 37th reason why Elon Musk is interesting. <laughs> like, tell me about something, have a hot take, you know? Um, so that's, that's probably my best advice. All right. Well, that wraps up our time together, but thank you again, Molly, for coming on the podcast and sharing your background, time with Dormant Fun, life advice. Like, we really appreciate you coming on here. Um, and your story goes to show that there is space for student investors and student-run startups in DC and absolutely the value of diversity and thought and backgrounds, which is why we need to keep pushing it, pushing for it in this industry. Um, yeah. And we wish you all the best with your future endeavors and the Dormant Fund. Um, Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in to this week's podcast and supporting Girls Who Venture Capital. Make sure to check out our website, girlswhovc.com, and follow us on our social media at girlswhovc. Join us every other Wednesday to hear from female venture capitalists, entrepreneurs, innovators, and advocates about their career paths and lessons they have learned along the way. See you soon.